welcome to the Let's Scare My Girlfriend to Death podcast. I'm your co-host, Josh. And I'm your co-host, the girlfriend, Cindy. Hey everybody, welcome back to your favorite podcast where a couple break down horror movies thematically by month and one of them dies a little each time. I'm the girlfriend, Cindy. And I'm Josh. Hey, everybody. (laughs) This month uh, of February, we are watching uh, those excellent erotic thrillers that were all the rage uh, in the 80s and 90s here in America. Um, what, what, What do you think was like the most recent erotic thriller? Like what movie has come out that you would be like, hmm, that falls into that category? Next week's movie. When did that come out? Like a year or two ago. Okay. Well, then I guess I'm getting ahead of myself. Modern erotic thrillers, though, are all like period pieces. That's how they get around it now. Like, you don't have... Because you can't do that modern. You don't have like movies where Michael Douglas is having sex in like a building uh, anymore. (laughs) On a freight elevator. Yeah. Okay. Or like Demi Moore's like jerking him off on top of like a skyscraper or whatever. It's the only thing I remember about Disclosure. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> all right what are we watching this week uh last week we watched fatal attraction the aforementioned michael douglas, uh, michael douglas. and before that dress to kill uh, uh, with michael kane we're only watching michael movies this month as well i guess well there's no michaels in this movie okay. because this movie is korean it's all south right. korean south we're korean. watching the handmaiden from 2016 does this have anything to do with the handmaid's tale no okay the Handmaiden from the Handmaiden. Korea. Okay. 2016. So 2016, the year. What do you remember? It's not been that far ago. Long ago. We jumped we jump from 87 to 90. Almost a 20-year math. Well, I don't know. Uh, no, more than that. 30 years. 30, <laughs> Jesus Christ. More than that, honey. Math. Uh, 2016, what was I doing? I don't know. Uh, is that when... Was Obama still president? Oh, yes. But then someone else became president that year. Okay. So <laughs> I had just finished up a divorce. Um, I don't know. I was just a single mom who works two jobs, loves her kids and never stops. I was in my Reba McIntyre phase. You're, you're a survivor. Thank you. I'm a survivor. I was in my Reba McIntyre phase. Um, I wear it proudly. It's the third best thing she's ever, well, fourth best thing she's ever done. Don't care. So that's my personal preference one is tremors <laughs> how about this movie um so 2016 is the year that el chapo escaped from prison obama <laughs> visited cuba uh hey, i remember when that was open for like five seconds beyonce released the lemonade harambe Oof. was shot the pulse nightclub shooting happened the rio de janeiro summer summer olympics happened and Trump people were much more upset about harambe than they were about you know the shooting in a nightclub america weird weird place to live yeah it's weird here i mean don't get me wrong you should have been upset that they shot that gorilla but not about pulse but they were but more you upset should have about also that. been upset that a guy shot a bunch of gay people and trans people at a bar yeah, also they were just there to have fun worse because more people were hurt yep but both things were bad um that was the year that we lost david bowie alan rickman gene wilder george michael anton yelchin remember anton yelton yelchin nope. Uh, sure he was don't. in Green Room, and he was also in the Star Trek. Oh, I do know movies. him. He's the one that like got out of his truck. I do know him. He got out yes. of his truck to like open the gate, and then the truck slipped. The truck rolled on him, pinned him to the gate, yes. and killed him. I do remember that. Yeah, that was fucking wild. Um, it was last year that we lost Carrie Fisher and Florence Henderson. Wow! Wow! All um, right. So the top ten movies of that year to put you in the mind of 2016. Okay. Um, ten was Sing. Nine was Suicide Squad. Eight was Batman v Superman: Colon Donna Justice. 
Okay. Um, seven was Zootopia. Six was Deadpool. Five was The Jungle Book. Four was The Secret Life of Pets. Three was Captain America Civil War. Two was Finding Dory. And one was Rogue One, A Star Wars Story. Okay. Uh, the other movies that year that were not in the top ten that are worth mentioning are The Witch, Ten Cloverfield Lane, Hush, Green Room, which we've watched all yes, of those for yes, this. Yes, yes. Uh, the Nice Guys, The Shallows, Purge Election Year, another podcast one. We did do that, yeah. Uh, Lights Out. Season. Yeah, Lights Out, a future podcast appearance movie. Uh, Hell or High Water, Don't Breathe, we just did that. Doctor Strange, uh, Monster Calls, which is a movie that I will show you at some point, and we will both cry profoundly. Okay. Uh, and Scorsese's uh, Japanese movie, Silence, came out that year. Okay. Um, and then this movie. And then this This movie, movie was released June 1st, 2016 in Korea. It was pre-sold around the world based off of the strength of the director. Um, this was an Amazon release in the U.S. It's actually still on Prime right now. You can watch it if you have Prime. It's also on Freebie. So if you want to watch this movie for free on Freebie with commercials around all of the sex you're about to see, <laughs> feel free. Wow. Like, you know dog food ads and then people fucking <laughs> or i assume we're watching for it the blu-ray no we're watching it on well i'm glad you mentioned oh, that Oh, thank you um there is a blu-ray to this movie there are two different cuts there's a longer cut it's longer than the um i'm already angry about this two though. hours and 25 minutes nope. that this movie is no um, it's 55 minutes too long here's the thing though the blu-ray is out of print and is like a hundred dollars whoa <laughs> uh i don't own it Okay. So it's on Prime. You can watch it there if you have Prime. Tell um, me more so about this movie, though. This movie is written and directed. It's also not rated. I did not mention <laughs> that. It's It just came out in America it just on exists. Amazon. It didn't really have a theatrical. Okay. Um, it's co-written and directed by, and I'm going to say this, um, for, for you or for whoever else might not know this, um, Korean is one of the few languages where, like, the family name is first. Right. And then the... the the individual name is second. Okay. So, like, the Americanized version of the director's name would be um, Chanwook Park, but in Korean it would be Park Chanwook. Okay. So Thank you for... Okay. Um, so, Park Chanwook uh, originally planned to be an art critic, uh, and then he went to college and saw Hitchcock's Vertigo. Oh, and everything changed. And was like, huh, <laughs> I want to do this. Um, he is a massive influence fil influential filmmaker in South Korea and in world cinema. Um, How long has he been making huge, pictures? He's been making movies since the early 2000s. Okay. Um, but actually, so he's got he a made good, bu good bundle. Under so him. he made two movies in the 90s okay. that were that you he bought the rights to them and won't let anyone see them because he's like, I learned I learned how to make movies on that. Don't watch those; those are bad. <laughs> David Lynch wishes. Um, <laughs> so. It wasn't until uh, a movie called Joint Security Era, JS JSA, which came out in 2000, that was like a big hit. Um, massive. Still like one of the, I think, the top 10 grossing movies in South Korea. Um, it is a movie about the border between North and South Korea. Okay. The demilitarized the, yeah. zone. And it's a movie about how North Korean and South Korean soldiers um, start becoming friends. And then the governments try to like make them hate each other. Yeah. Uh, and then like a murder happens. It's a whole mystery thing, but, and then he started his, what he's known for, which is the vengeance trilogy. It's three movies that are unrelated, except they're about revenge. All right. Uh, with sympathy for Mr. Vengeance in tw 2002. 
Uh, Old Boy, which is the thing he is most known for. You just watched that with uh, uh, the t- the 2003. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Lady Vengeance ended the trilogy in 2005, which is my favorite of the three. Um, he did Thirst, which is a vampire movie that came out in 2009. Stoker, which was his American movie. Like America was like, you're so good at this. Come make a movie here with Nicole Kidman. And he was like, okay. And he came and he was like, nope. Oh, okay. I cannot have the control the that I want. Uh, Stoker. Yeah. Uh, then The Head Maiden was 2016, okay. and then he just did a movie called Decision to Leave in 2022, which is maybe his most Hitchcockian film, and it was really fucking good. <laughs> uh, I really liked it. Cool. Um, so there you go. Uh, he has worked with the same co-writer on everything since Lady Vengeance, which is um, Chung Seo Kung. Um, she wrote, she co-wrote Lady Vengeance, Thirst, The Handmaiden, Decision to Leave, and she's also written... A Korean Little Women show. Okay. Essentially, he did these movies that were very masculine, and he had very kind of weak female characters, especially in, like, in Old Boy, people were like, this movie's really good, but there's a complaint we have. Um, there's not a lot of female agency, and he's the father of a daughter, and he was like, I want to make movies that have strong female characters in it, and he's like, I realize that's a, a weakness. a female writing so partner. So he got a female writing partner that's to specifically challenge him and write female characters that are more dimensional yeah. and have more agency in his scripts. So old boys kind of the last movie where it's like, Oh, the female characters are just there. <laughs> like okay. gotcha. everything after that, it's like, they're definitely more important to the plot. Um, and then this movie is inspired by a novel by Sarah Waters, who, um, his novel is written in like the sixties or the seventies. Maybe okay. it's called fingersmith. Um, this is a 18th century set British novel amongst the aristocracy. Okay. And they took it and rewrote it to take place in the 1930s Korean Peninsula with like Japanese people running everything. Okay. As the aristocracy. And he sent the script to Sarah Waters and she was like, yes, that's fucking incredible. And I wholeheartedly approve but I don't think you could say based on my book because you made a lot of changes. So let's say inspired, inspired by. Inspired by. Yeah, um, that's where that comes from. So okay. That's a whole thing. Um, and I'm just going to point out the cinematography is by Chung Hoon Chung, uh, who did Old Boy, Lady Vengeance, Thirst, Stoker, The Handmaiden, and then would we'll go on to do It, like the, the big, the the it big with the it American Scars movie. Guard, yeah. yeah. Last Night in Soho, um, which is fucking incredible. He did the Obi-Wan Kenobi series. Cool. And Wonka that well. just came out, like, was shot by this guy. So Well, well. Um, Wonka, and then. Hey. <laughs> I have not heard good things, but continue. I've, I've actually heard good things. I have not. I mean, I don't really. It's not really a thing. It's not I'm for into, us. Into, it's not for us, but, uh, but uh, I have opinions. I'm just going to say the cast of this real fast. I am trying really hard. I am not a Korean speaker, and I feel bad every time. We, You're not, huh? We talk about people that. Have names that are different because I'm from Appalachia and my, my mouth only works in certain ways. Um, so the lead of this movie, um, Kim Min Ha, plays Lady Hidako. Uh, she was in On the Beach uh, at Night Alone. That's a movie that she was in that she's famous for other than this. Everyone's pretty much in this movie is famous for things, but this is the thing they're most known for. Gotcha. This movie was huge. Um, so she got the part and they were like, here's the script read it here's the amount of sex and nudity that's about to happen 
Oh, I forgot that you had said that at the end of the last episode. If you're not okay with it, that's okay. Yeah. But we want you to make sure that you're okay with it. And she was like... I'm good. She had to take a couple days. Oh, okay. And was like... "Um, She put thought into it. That's good. Okay. So she's the lead. And then we've got Ha Jung-woo playing uh, Count Fujiwara. Um, He was in Chaser. (laughs) Chaser's so good. Uh, Cho Jin-woong is Uncle Kazuki. Um, he was in a hard day in Believer, and we've got Moon So Ri. She's playing the aunt of Lady Hideko. Um, she's an oasis in the running actress. And Kim Tae plays uh uh Suke. Um she was in Mr. Sunshine. I'm just going to tell you this now, because I think this is kind of a good time to bring this up. Um this is a movie about Japanese occupation. Okay. And it's entirely done with Korean actors. So both Japanese and Korean is spoken in the film by a predominantly Korean cast. So before they started shooting, the Korean actors were all assigned Japanese teachers to study the script and learn how to speak Japanese. They fucking learned Japanese to do this movie. All right. Uh, After the screening at Cannes, the actress uh, Kim Min-hee was applauded by Japanese journalists for her proficiency in the language. Um, There are going to be times during this movie... Where there, because it's obviously subtitled. Uh, okay. There are subtitles within subtitles. Yes, because there are times when characters are speaking Korean and it's subtitled, and there are times when they're speaking Japanese in front of characters that don't speak Japanese. Got it. Um, it this movie is layered. Uh, just <laughs> throwing like it out there. It, it is, and yeah, if you want to pull the poster up, I told you this off mic. I'm going to say this on mic. I'm okay. Go on record and say this. I this movie is two hours and twenty five minutes. Mm. I think you're really going to like it, We'll though. see. We'll see. This is the part of the podcast where Josh shows me a poster of the movie, and I'm going to predict the plot. Okay. So we've got... Uh, okay. We have two Korean couples. Um, one is dressed in European high fashion. We're talking white, like white tails. And the other is dressed in, looks like traditional, more servant garb, like the black kimono sort of a thing. And they're all kind of intertwined. So, like, the one dude has his hand on the lady who's holding hands to the other lady who's being forced with the... So, I'm just going to say this is about a really uncomfortable love triangle of, like, he loves her, she's lo- she loves her, and she's caught in the middle. That's what I'm gonna say. Okay, like a fa- like a, a Korean fatal attraction kind of. Kind of. Okay, but there's another guy there, so I'm not sure where he pl- fits in. Cool. Um, I'm actually legit pumped to watch this movie. Um, sadly, like I said, it is very long. Um, it's longer than the usual 90 minutes that we try to keep it to. We got to do one of these every once in a while. Don't uh, worry, we'll go back to 90 minutes next week. With Sliver? Um, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> but, all right. Uh, well, let's go do this. Let's go watch this on uh, the Amazon. All right. Well, join us, won't you? Mind the doors.
Hey, everybody. We took about a chunk out of our time and watched The Handmaiden. What did everyone think? You know, uh, was, I, did I, was I worried that I was actually on Pornhub at one point? Sure did. Sure did. Um, I'm going to defend this movie and the fact that... No, like, it was an excellent movie, but it, it was straight up porn. Uh, it is two hours and 25 minutes and it does not 25, long. 25, no, that I, we'll get to that later. I have things on, I have thoughts on that. But um, 25 minutes of it could have been cut out if you took out all the literal hardcore porn. But, but why, you know, why would why you? Would you? Made it that much more fun. <laughs> um, I'm just gonna go ahead and get this out of the way now. Um, did you have scissoring on the bingo card for the podcast this year? Did not. I, I haven't had it on the podcast at all. Have um, we ever had scissoring on the no. podcast? No. Nope. Sure haven't. I feel like we should up that. Yeah. There has to be more horror movies with like scissoring. Even though I feel like scissoring is not like a real thing. I mean, it is in this movie I mean, to the point where there's poetry written about it mm. and the jingle jangle balls or whatever. Jingle jangle. Rub a dub dub. So anyway, the thing I was going to tell you before we started talking about this movie, the scene in question where they are scissoring mm. and then they fucking predator lock hands. Yep. Do it's you, forever changed do you know for me. Why that happened? Why? Because they were... Like, the director is very, like, methodical, and they were shooting things, and they were very tired, and the one girl was like, she's like, I don't think I can do this anymore. Not because of, like, I have a moral, like, question to it. I'm just very exhausted. Mm-hmm. So, to not fuck up the take, when she started to, like, go down, like, from being tired, the other girl was just like, and like, nope, we're finishing <laughs> this. <laughs> All right. It's like, locked hands with her fucking predator style and was like, nope. <laughs> it's This insane. is happening. Um, so there you go. But, uh, do you, you want to give us a breakdown of this movie? Um, it was interesting. It, the story of, um, it's a historical piece about a handmaiden who turns into a lover and friend with her, a lover and co-conspirator, uh, a historical piece about a handmaiden who, uh, becomes co-conspirator and lover with her mistress. I think for the at-home audience. Does that make sense? The way we can make this the easiest <laughs> way to understand it is this. This movie, you have to understand the characters. There is a... Um, there's a late... We're going to call her the Countess it, well, or whatever. And she's heir to like... She's Japanese. She's heir to all this money. She's got an uncle who's Korean and married her mom and divorced his wife. And she's like the head of the maid. Well, I mean, I feel like we're giving a, that's a lot of detail away. It truly like, well, I mean, I, the, I don't want to like, I want people to see this movie. It was a really good well, movie. But it's the back half of a, I mean, that's what. Yeah, that's like, a good point, I guess. I just, so I'm suddenly worried the, about the spoilers. They're the same family kind of. And then the rub is, the uncle collects rare books that we find out later are just straight pornography. up porn. Um, he's got like the biggest collection of porn. Uh, that he makes his um, niece, little, you know, who's now grown, but he's groomed her to read aloud to strangers. Um, and himself so they can like. And himself so they can, well, you know. Low key get their rocks off. Right. But the Korean, there's a Korean thief who's pretending to be a uh, Japanese aristocrat. Right. 
who his plan is to woo and marry her and steal the money out from underneath the uncle who's trying to marry the niece. Because it's his dead wife's And then basically, it's also a story told in three acts. In the first act, he goes to these group of thieves that he works with and gets this girl who is both a lesbian and illiterate and is like, you have to do it. And I'm going to give you money and basically you go there and be the handmaiden and you'll convince her that I'm a good guy and she should run off with me. Right. Give me her um, money. And then she goes there and then there's like a whole like a relationship builds between the two women. And then she ends up not wanting the uh, the countess or I mean, I keep wanting to say princess, but it's not she's a, yeah, she's like a countess um, or something of that nature. She keeps she's like doesn't want her to marry the her the guy she knows the thief she right knows, because she's like you know i actually really have feelings for this guy but i'm gonna get a lot of money for doing it and the plan is they're going to um marry her like the guy's gonna marry her and then have her committed to the loony bin mm-hmm. um my favorite term for a loony bin being booby hatch, booby hatch. Um, and then <laughs> they will split the money up and then go on their separate ways uh, and then the first act literally ends with, it has been a trick, and then the countess and then the Jap- the faux Japanese count guy have conspired to have the handmaiden mm-hmm. locked away so the two of them can run off. Right. But that on paper it will be her, so her uncle will leave her alone. Yes. The uncle who uh, is hypersexual and weird- and violent and they yeah. keep, everyone's like kind of low-key afraid of him yeah um so that's act one this has like kind of the a similar structure to like rashomon or whatever where like a series of events happens i don't get that reference and then we go back and we see the events from a different perspective so act two goes back tells and, the same story from the countess's side yeah and then she's in on it from the beginning mm-hmm. and then she meets the handmaiden girl and then they fall in love and she's like trying to get the handmaiden to be like don't marry him like we should be a thing yeah, just be honest with her um and then when that doesn't happen she tries to hang herself because we discover that um the handmaiden's mom was hanged for being like a thief she got caught thieving mm-hmm. she was like this huge, she was like, a very, very good thief. very important like thief like a bandit or whatever and then the countess's mom hanged herself to get away from the uncle character we think later we find out the uncle had her like tortured with his book binding this movie's like weirdly sexual and very like book based very bibliophile right um are you turned on by books the process of book making this movie will really get are you a lady into other ladies and books this is your movie kind of um and so they after she saves her life they have a conversation of like, okay, so like we're both in on it from different sides. What if we go through with it and we flip the script, but we help each other. And then she helps her write a letter home to her like family because she's illiterate. Um, and then she ends up getting thrown into the loony bin and that's act two, act three, which is the shortest act, um, sees the count, the pretend count guy being grody um yeah. trying to rape the countess lady yeah uh she gets him with opium uh they get the handmaiden girl out because of a fire right like essentially the 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 faux 
Korean count had the place burned down right. to get rid of her, mm-hmm. but he didn't count on the fact that she could just like pick her. Well, like, that it was the, he didn't realize shackles and just dip. He didn't realize that it was the criminal handmaiden who was there, not no, he, his actual. No, niece. he did. That was the plan. Oh, that's right, right, right. The, the, and the, so the, he didn't know that she had given him or given her the hair pin so that she could use that to pick mm-hmm. the lock. So she gets out. Um, they meet up, take off to Shanghai to be in love. Literally to Shanghai. Um, she they Shanghai each other off to Shanghai. And then the fake Japanese count wakes mm-hmm. up and is captured by the uncle's gangster dudes. And right. then they take him back and beat the ever-loving shit out of him and torture him with, like, bookbinding materials. Correct. And including, like, cutting fingers off and all that jazz. Yep. It's, like, the most Chanwook Park moment in this movie. Um, <laughs> and then uh, he is like, hey, because the uncle's like, what was she like? How wet was her vagina? Like to ask him all these questions mm-hmm. when you had sex with my niece. Tell me more. Gross. And uh, <laughs> the fake count is like, I'll tell you everything you want to know if you let me smoke a cigarette. It turns out the cigarette is full of mercury, which is most lethal when in its gaseous state. And he kills them both. And they both die. And he's like, at least I get to die with my dick on my body. And uh, the countess and her handmaiden get to leave to Shanghai and live happily ever after. After they, like, put ringing bells inside each other and have sex again. Benoit balls. There you go. <laughs> Wait, what? Yeah. They're called Benoit balls? Yes. Like Chris Benoit, the wrestler? Yeah. Um, let me look it up to make sure I'm a thousand percent correct, but don't you worry, I am. Like, murdered his family, Chris Benoit? Anyway. Like, Crippler Crossface, Chris Benoit? That's wild. Um, so, yes, that's this movie. Uh, this movie is... Benoit Balls. Nice. Two hours and 25 minutes. I don't think it feels like that at all. Uh, we did leave out one important thing um, in, in a adorable... Uh, fit of I love you rage the handmaiden destroys oh, yeah, the she pornography destroys all library the porn- yeah. which I was true. torn on I was torn on I'm like I get it I get what you're doing these things were like used to emotionally hurt, hurt someone yeah. and that's terrible but also like these are historical artifacts mm, <laughs> it's yeah. just porn it's still like it's history true. please don't just destroy history uh, so that was the only part of this movie where I was torn on um <laughs> I appreciate that. So the librarian in me is happy. Yeah. Um. I. I feel like you were like I can't. It's weird they ended with like that sex scene. It really was. Um, it was such an interesting movie, and there were all these really good choices. And like the sex stuff, even though it was straight up porn, it was like oh, it kind of makes sense. Like they did genuinely love each other. There was like chemistry it wasn't just one-sided you know they made sure that you understood that but to end the movie with it well okay i'm gonna go with this <clears throat> it was a choice i think they ended with that mo- the movie on that point because you had to see what happened to the fake korean count and the uncle and you don't want to end on that note like, yeah right you want to end on like them celebrating the fact that they got away and they're in love I guess. I mean, I get, I get what they're going and I, for. And I also think that like this was a needling thing where Chanwook Park is a director that I really enjoy his movies, but he is a person who makes movies that are very intentionally 
confrontational. It's a confrontational um, mover. So, like, I think this movie being pre-sold Surprise, in so, <laughs> yeah, so many territories, he was like, okay, it's already made its money back. So what I'm going to do is, this is movie will be playing in places that are not okay with these with things. these with these women having their own agency and having like finding pleasure in each other and then not needing men in any way, right? Like so he really kicked it up. So he was like, "Fuck it, literally." Why end with them just kissing each other and being in love? Let it. Let, I'm gonna. It's a thing. Yeah. Like, there's. I mean, it's just. It was like. It was a lot. Especially because, like, that's not how sex scenes are with, like, heteronormative couples or homosexual. Like, it's just not done in general cinema, is my point. Well, there's two. Like, we're coming at this movie from a very American sensibility, right? True. We're like, if we sit down to watch a movie that's rated R and, like, somebody's, like, sawing a person's head off, we're like, eh. But, like... It took until a history of violence before before a sixty nine appeared in a movie, like True. a major Hollywood movie. There was one in this one. Um, there's less of an onus on that. Other places in the world, but I think Korea has less of a hang up on sex. I think most goddamn places in the world that aren't the Middle East, parts of the Middle East, and parts of like Asia and parts of Africa mm-hmm. um, have less sexual hangups than we do fair like we are a country that we were i mean the this month we're talking about movies that are very sexual and everything that is coming out now that's like fits the bill for an erotic thriller is set set in the past Mm -hmm. um the world is changing like there's this big push in american movies now to like do we need the sex in there that's what i mean is it disempowering to a person to have sex it's like no, sex is a part of life. True. Like, you shouldn't totally remove sex from things. And I get the idea of people being like, you know, this is in the 80s. We don't need to throw, you know, boobs into a movie to get kids to see it or get people to come in and watch it um, because you can literally look at boobs anywhere. Like, you have a whole... <laughs> you have a whole internet You have a whole disposal. internet in your hand, in your pocket, that can look up the most vile, awful things you want to see. Um, and I... Well, I mean, and maybe they're... This generation is becoming a bit desensitized to things like that. And so it's refreshing to not see it. You know, like, let the mind wander a bit. Maybe. I I don't know. But, like, the movies in America that... I mean, like, the big hits, like the four quadrant things. There have always been things like Avengers or Spider-Man or, Mm -hmm. you know... Titanic's an anomaly because there were boobs in Titanic. But, like, it's these, like, sanitized... Like, no one dies. Um, like, Superman can fight through an entire city and skyscrapes are falling and people are like, well, those were empty. Right. Like, there's no... We had no, time to evacuate the city. There's no, like, weight to a lot of American... Fi- like, mainstream, like, top ten movies of the year films. Okay. Right? And that used to not be the case. Like, it used to be we were churning out movies, like fucking basic instinct was like the number two movie of the year it came out right like yeah and i mean is it problematic yes yeah but like is it afraid of like dealing with sexuality no i mean it really fucked up dealing with like, uh, mental health yeah and it fucked up the actor who was in it for a while too like like 
And I think that's what the new generation says is like, is the art worth what it does? Like some artists are totally fine to do shit like that. Cool. Let them. But there has been such a generation of shoehorning sexual stuff in at the cost of the actor that it's, do you know what I mean? That this generation's like, well, we don't want that. Like people who want to watch sex stuff, like, cool, go to Pornhub. Like you said, you have a full thing in your pocket, go for it. But if you're paying money to go to a cinema or like to go to a theater, that's not what we want to see anymore because we can just see that on our pocket. We want to see art. And I don't think that's a bad thing. I, I have to agree with you. I don't think we want to see art. Like, I think we like films now are American films are just escapism, right? It's like, we don't want to deal with like the real world. We don't want to be challenged. Like, I just want to watch Captain America throw a shield at someone. And at the end of the day, like the good guys are going to win. Yeah. And if they don't, then it's fine because two years from now, there'll be another movie where they actually do come back and win. Um, and it's fine to me that that exists. <clears throat> like you have to have like feel good movies. You have to have like big dumb movies, but that can't be the entire the only thing. Okay. Like, yeah. Discourse of what gets made and anything that's not those things gets relegated to like it's on a streamer. Um, and at least we've got that. Um, I don't know. Like, I think you can definitely have sex in movies. I think you can have nudity in movies that works towards the course of the movie. And we may find that as this group of young people kind of become the mainstream, it may be that we are misinterpreting it and that they're like, no, we're not saying we don't want fucking sex. Like, yeah, let it happen. But like, there was no chemistry between Dakota Johnson and her co-star. Fifty Shades of Grey had to happen. You know what I mean? And like, oh, Basic Instinct was such a big deal. But like Sharon Stone talks about how she was manipulated and felt totally used by that movie. Do you know what I mean? And so it's like, they don't, they're good. Like, we're misinterpreting it. They're not saying they don't want sex. They want people who are genuinely like, yeah, like in this film, these actresses, I assume have been totally fine. Like again, because it's not an American thing. This is just part of the job. They're good. And in this movie, it made sense. And, but for those, I think that we're just coming across a generation where they're like, no, like let's leave that sex for sex sake. Like we don't need all that. Like less is more. Maybe. Hmm. I don't, it seems like, like. Maybe they're just going to go the Bollywood style. They just want to see big dance scenes the rather new, than sex like scenes. Like the new True Detective has had a lot of sex in it. Yeah. Right? Um, no, it feels more like than the other one. It feels like there's sex on TV. Yeah. Like people, I don't know. Like, I And so get, it may be that they're just going, like, we don't saying, want that. I feel like it's not a thing where people are like, sex is, I think people, there's this mentality that sex has become this, like kind of like thing we don't want to talk about mm -hmm. um and so therefore like anything that's sexual you're supposed to sex is natural sex is you're good. supposed to watch it and partake of it alone right like hmm. there is this thing where like again you can set any movie theater i watched dr sleep in a movie theater and i watched a child get tortured mm -hmm. and i've also sat in a movie theater and watched like sex scenes and the sex scenes, there were more awkward, like, shifting of people. Yeah. Because they were, like, in a room. Like, it's that, like, puritanical it's, Yeah, it's a very American and, thing. That's and I, true. I don't want to discount what you're saying because what you're saying is absolutely true. Um, separated from, you know, this movie and, like, sex in movies, 
there has been a history of exploitation Mm -hmm. of like people being in movies and then being coerced to like be naked in the movie when that wasn't originally the intent. right? Right. Or like, but there's also a lot of times in movies where like, that's not the case. And, and I think after the whole, you know, I don't, I can't speak to how much this is beneficial and how much this is not beneficial, but like after the whole Harvey Weinstein stuff and all that fallout, they started having intimacy coordinators as like yeah, a oh position yeah. on set. So if there's like a sex scene, um, that's addressed. And like every, like everyone is sat down that's in the scene and is like, okay, what are you okay with? What are you not okay with? Like we need to get to, right. um, like for this movie and the sex scenes, um, I can actually, I pulled a little fact for you cause I knew at some point we were going to talk about this, but um so for the the lesbian sex scenes between the two female leads uh chamuk park took steps to ensure privacy and comfort for them good he only allowed a female crew member holding the boom mic to be present outside of like him and the camera operator okay um all other crew members were asked to leave the set the scenes were filmed with a remote control camera also he wasn't even there um no visitors were allowed near the set all male crew members had the day off the bathroom set in uh, Hideko's room, the, the, the Countess character, uh, was used as a resting area for the actresses to relax between takes. The bed scenes were shot during the early stages of production um, to, get, to get it out of the way so it's less okay. stressful. During pre-production, the scenes were <clears throat> choreographed and discussed between the actresses and the director while they were fully dressed. And she said she felt slightly, uh, the handmaiden character, Said she felt slightly insecure about performing the simulated lesbian sex scenes, but the other the the um, the, the countess character mm-hmm. was basically like, "We got this. If at any point you're not comfortable, then I I will make anything stop." Okay. So I like, mean, but that's that's what I mean. Like they're both all they're on board, but there's more instances of that not being the case than being the case so we might be hearing from a group of young people who are just like just fucking get rid of it until you can figure out how to do everything the way that guy did it don't have it in movies yeah and this generation is very good about i mean they're raised by gen xers they're good about like no fuck you we don't want this nope we're good i think it's just every generation it seems like doesn't want to talk about sex doesn't want that's definitely a thing i mean being an american doesn't want you know i mean like carry a lot of guilt you can download an app right now that will let you like have sex with people in a bathroom like you just meet up and have sex like sex has never been more readily available but i don't think it's ever been less talked about in in the last like maybe 80 years like there's this weird aversion to talking about it yeah but we're all really doing it yeah and I, I'm seeing at my work and things I'm doing, like, between that and shutting down, like, things like needle exchanges, like, HIV rates are on the rise. Yeah. Because, like, we're not having these conversations. We're, we're, not, we're doing it again. Right? We're like, doing it again. Yeah. We're falling back. We we did so well for a little while. And now we're sliding back into, like, no, we'll cover the boobs. We don't want to talk about nipples. So... I don't know. And like, I, I don't think it's kids. I don't think it's young people. It truly, it usually is not. I, I think I, that's I mean, safe to say. It typically is not the kids who are the ones. You know what I mean? It's, 
I don't know. I don't, I don't know. We'll see. So, but did you like this movie? You like this I really, movie? I did like this movie. I thought, yes. I really thought you'd like this movie. It was arty. Like you said, you know, it had, um, it was beautifully shot. There were beautiful scenes. It was very pretty to, <laughs> it was very pretty to look at. God, I feel bad saying that after that whole conversation. We well, I mean, it, this is a movie that was shot very traditionally beautifully, very lit, very traditionally beautifully. Yeah by master craftsmen uh over like beautiful places in like korea and japan so like yes the sets were lovely. this movie is just fucking pretty to look at right? yes um i don't think i don't think there's any chamuk park film that i'm not like this is ugly like he makes very <laughs> this is gross very delicate pretty films um that are very like fuck you they don't care about you like <clears throat> it's telling the story it wants to tell, and if you can't handle it, then fuck you. You're out. Like, uh, oh boy, is like the polar. Op- like, that is the other movie he's most known for. Pro- he's actually more known for that than he is for The Handmaiden. I know uh, you and the 18 year old watched that recently. It is so confrontational. Uh, well, that's uh, the 18 year old was saying. He, he was like, "Do you know what that movie is about?" And I said, "No," and I don't want to. Nope, I, that movie is not for me. I'm Actually, not the target audience. I really do think you'd like that movie. Mm, we'll see. I think that's a movie that you would like weirdly, surprisingly, very much like. We'll um, I think there's a couple scenes you'd be like, too much. But yep. by and large... That's, what I'm, that's um, what I'm thinking. I think you'd be like, holy shit. <laughs> okay. Uh, I mean, South like South Korea has had like this renaissance the past like 15-ish, 20 years... Where they're just churning out fucking... Dope as fuck movies? Just masterpieces. Like, movies that are challenging and don't care about you and just are really like, do you want to see what the worst parts of humanity are? Good, so do we. Or do you want to see what, like, the best things in life are? It's so weird. Like you said, confrontational um, in your face. So, like... Um, I'm, I'm trying to remember the name of it. But there's a... There's literally... The type of movies they're making are like this. Um, there is a Korean film okay. where a serial killer kills a man's wife violently okay. and graphically. Whoa. And the man whose wife died, he's like Korean Secret Service. Okay. So what he does is he immediately finds the guy who killed his wife. Okay. And this is like the first Half and an tortures hour, and destroys him. Half an hour of like an hour of an hour and a half movie, two hour movie. Okay, right, so right. like just from the go. So in James Bond style, shows up, beats the ever loving fuck out of this guy. Right on. I believe he like forces him to swallow like a tracking device, <laughs> lets him go, and then just randomly pops in and, and just then beats the hell out of him. Every whenever that guy's about to kill someone, he just sh- rolls in and fucks him up. Like, breaks an arm, cuts off a finger, whatever. That'll break you of your habit. Let's him go. It's going to break you of that naughty habit. And then they just it keep upping the ante. Like, those are the kind of things, like, Koreans are making right now. Um, the movie that Chambuk Park made after this is this, like, really intricate uh, murder, like, Hitchcock thriller of, like, did this woman murder her husband or was it an accident? And then... Do you ever know? You do find out. Um, oh, you're not going to tell me. Okay, go ahead. It's, it's just the thing with like the idea of film being a 
visual medium where it's show don't tell yeah is something that's being lost in a lot of modern movies because so much is like predicated on like just the dialogue yes right or like we we don't have the ability to show you this thing so we will describe it or talk about it right um korean films are like closer to the hitchcock pure cinema of like there's an orchestra playing and then there's people fighting in the background and the guy falls off the balcony and then and there's like no dialogue happening and it's something that you could only see in a movie or like a television show it only translates on um, the screen it's the same way with like edgar wright's really good about that right like when okay. he when he makes like Shaun of the Dead or Hot Fuzz or he's the jokes are visual. Yes, everything you have to be is paying like attention done through the camera, um, and that is something that is like becoming lesser as I feel like we go on. Oh, okay. Um, I don't know. It just kind of bums me out. I, I just wish. <laughs> just makes me kind of sad. Yeah, you know, like I feel like I don't want to say that movies are bad now because there's a lot of really good movies being made, but like. It's just different. There's just not as many. We're in a like, flux. We're in a state of flux. Um, I don't. There's not as many movies being told visually. Okay. Like Hitchcock and them always said the worst thing that happened to movies was sound. <laughs> because we literally went from like movies being very. We hit a high point at the end of the silent era mm-hmm. where people were like, it was pure cinema and you couldn't use any sound. And like they were doing these really crazy things. And then sound came in. And the machines that recorded sound were so big that you couldn't move anyone around. Everyone had to, like, stand together right. so you could record the sound. So we went back, like, 10 or 15 years. Like, we lost the ability to, like, move around. We lost right, until all that like inventiveness. Came. And then, yeah, I don't know. I feel like it's never been easier for anyone. Anyone can make a movie now. Like, you literally have yes. yeah, but like, we, like we said, phone in your pocket. camera in your pocket. Yeah. Uh, you have editing software on that 4K camera if you so desire. <laughs> like That is true. But the democratization has led to just like the flattening of the medium in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, I see what you're saying. So. I pick, I'm picking up what you're putting down on this. So who was your favorite character? Um, By the end, it was the Countess. The Countess was my favorite by the end. She was super clever, clever um, until it was pointed out all the flubs you know like when they showed the you know what she was lying about and it was like oh my gosh yeah like that was it was just done really well i really like that character what about you what was your favorite um i like the handmaiden character okay yeah so, you know i mean obviously it's like close second the uncle the uncle's my favorite oh, character God, that guy was so creepy. Uh, with his black tongue I kept freaking out about the tongue. And then it was like, oh, well, okay. So that, like, writing, I, ugh, it just, it added to the overall skeeviness so of him. The, the, the handmaiden character, skeevy she was. improvised that moment where the fake Korean count puts her hand on his dick <laughs> and she takes it off and she, like, oh, shakes yeah, yeah, her yeah, hand yeah. like she's shaking it off. She shake, improvised shake, that. Shake, shake it off. And then the director was like, Yep. <laughs> Keep it. Um, Keep it. So we talked about there being the, the, the co-writers, right? The director and then um, the female co-writer that he uses. And all oh, right, things, right, right, right. Yes. We talked about that at the top. They would sit down with the co-writer's friends that were uh, lesbians. 
Okay. And run things past them to be like. <laughs> Would they really do this? Is this yes, a real no, thing? maybe so. Like, how far is too far? What can we get away with? Like, um, that's good. I mean, representation so that it's not. I guess that I guess in that way it's like so it's not porn like it is more real. I mean it's it, it, there's it's hard. There, there's a lot of sex in this movie. There's a lot of graphic sex in this movie. Graphic. There's also like things that are cleverly shot to make you think more is happening. Like there are, are POV shots from between a woman's legs. That is true. As a character sticks her tongue out and leans down. And nothing is shown it, for as much sex as in this movie. Nothing is shown in that moment. Exactly. Nothing. Um, so do you, I will give you that. Do yes. you get the double meaning of the handmaiden? Well, of the original um, title. of the What book? was the original title? Fingersmith. Yes. Because she's a thief. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I get it. And uh, and she likes to use her hands on the ladies. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that um, so in the book the uncle or the um, sorry the the count character the Japanese count character okay the uh, is thief. a gay man and so <laughs> who literally is like I have no interest in you other than the money that makes better sense um, I think then he's just cool with her being the way she like at one point she masturbates in front of him rather than let him touch her. And he just kind of was like, it's cool. And I'm like, and, and I clocked that as like, that is not how that would have gone down, but okay. Uh, that makes more sense in that. Yes. I think I took that part as I believed it because it's just like, there is no point in this movie where a male character is in the driver's it's not seat. Not being disgusting at all. Uh, not only not being disgusting or terrible, but also like, there's no point where like, they are in charge. Like, throughout the entire movie... Yeah, they think they are. Both male characters think they are in charge the yes. entire time until everything turns on them in a moment yep. that they did not see coming. Um, the Korean-Japanese count guy doesn't see it coming. He's like, oh, I've, I've formulated this plan, and then, like, we, haha, we locked it that It never occurs up. to him that his niece may not want to marry him at some point. Well, um, but that's the uncle. The uncle, like, he's so... Like, I'm untouchable, I'm a badass, yeah. nothing can happen to me. That, like, he can't fathom the fact that, like... She would run off. Not that only would she run off, cards. but, like, this guy would just kill himself to kill that, kill him as well. Right. Like... Never even... Huh. That's something people do, I guess. So... Um, did you... What, how did you learn about this movie? Oh, I'm a massive fan of the director of this movie. Oh, okay. <laughs> Easy. Um, I this is maybe my second or third favorite movie of his. It it really was a good movie. Um, um, Lady it, Vengeance being my favorite. I don't know if you could do. I don't think I can. I don't know if you could do that one. I think we've talked about that before. That's I don't about think a, I can do that. That's about a serial killer of children. Yeah, I can't um, do you that. don't see him kill any nope, children. Nope, doesn't matter. But it's a thing. Yep, I can't handle that. Uh, good call. What are we watching next week as we continue our erotic thrillers? Uh, so we're going to watch something even newer than this. Oh, here, we forgot to explain why this is a horror movie. <laughs> um, the uncle has a basement, like we said, full of, you know, book binding equipment Torture that he uses. It. But, um, there's also the, um, squid from the hentai in the background. And, um, yeah. It's 
violent and he just pops fingers off and it's a lot mm-hmm. so there you go oh you know what i did learn what um the fact that like all of those books and those pictures were, were they real. all real yeah, yeah they yeah. were real they were like real 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 pornos american especially american american conservative people like to be like you know the there's only two genders and there's only two sexes and like really we're very binary we're very binary people but we are also a very young people america's only been around for what 250 years in the oldest cultures there are asian african if you want to be white roman greek there are lots of different sexes and genders and sexual things like it's yeah we're the ones who are in the wrong here um, I just want to, before we wrap this up, I just want to tell you that this movie was selected to compete for the Palme d'Or at the 2016 Cannes Film Festival. Um, it was released. It was made for basically $8.8 million and then grossed 30, 38.6. It's a beautiful movie. Um, but it really does only take place in a few very small locations. Yeah. They're it, just well chosen. It got critical acclaim for its direction, screenplay, score, cinematography and performances. Uh, it won the 70 it won the British Academy Award for um, best film not in the English language that year. Um, it made a bunch of top 10 lists. It's considered one of the greatest films of South Korean cinema, especially the last like 10 years. Um, it's crazy this movie's almost 10 years old. Um yeah, it's it's also weird that this movie is kind of been bankrolled by Amazon. Interesting. So, and we did talk a little bit about the beginning that there is a longer cut. There's the one hour forty four minute cut, and then there's a one hour sixty eight minute cut. Nice. That is on and a home video release that is like now like one hundred twenty five dollars to buy. So, there you go. There um, you go. Yes. If you're playing the home game and you're like, you haven't done this in a minute, this is, I think, straddles the line of exploitation film, um, is very sexy. Yeah. <laughs> the other movies we watched were like, awkward sex, like, American <laughs> yes. sex. Like, I was just going to fuck you on this counter and then yeah. waddle with my pants around my legs. Like, this movie really goes for it. Uh, I'll give it that. Uh, it is both beautiful, beautiful to behold and... It's really cleverly made. Yeah. Um, so we're going to say goodbye to Beautiful and Classy. And we're going to travel a little less further back in time when we do X. X. From A24. Okay. This is another one that the 18-year-old loves. Now his oh, favorite yeah. movie of all time. All right. Well, until then. I'm Josh. And I'm Cindy. and I'll see, And we'll see you next time. It's not. Oh, no, that's not. Say it again. I don't know what I was thinking. Sorry. <laughs> but until then. I'm Josh. And I'm Cindy. And I'm still his girlfriend. <laughs> Second time.